Welcome to Taste the Truth Tuesdays, where we have bite-sized conversations on faith, fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'll be leveraging over two decades as a personal trainer, nutritionist, and mindset coach, and together, through the lens of faith, we will discover truthful tidbits for the health-conscious Christian. Hey, hey, happy Taste of Truth Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This week, we have a great conversation with my dear friend, Nicole, who's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, who practices integrative and functional nutrition therapy. She specializes in thyroid, Hashimoto's, hormone imbalances, and metabolism support to help you banish brain fog, beat bloat, feel more confident in your clothes, and get your brain back. She's part educator, part clinician, part accountability buddy, And she teaches realistic food strategies and leveraging functional labs to personalize nutritional approaches. I've worked with her one-on-one. She's changed my life, and I cannot wait for you to learn from her today. So buckle up, grab a pen and paper, some tea, some coffee, and here we go. All right, everybody. We are here with Nicole, and I'm so excited for today's conversation, guys. I'm going to hand it off to you. I'd love if you could just share a little bit more about your testimony, yourself, how long you've been walking with Christ and kind of how you came to be a functional dietitian. Oh boy. How long do we have? Um, (laughs) So in speaking into the first question and my walk with Christ, the way that I explain it to people is it's sort of like being in a restaurant in a foreign country where you really love the food and it tastes good, but you have no idea what's in the food. You don't know the ingredients. You don't know what anybody around you is saying. You can't read the menu. You just know that it feels really good to be there. And so I feel like my walk with God and with Christ has really blossomed this year in reading the Bible in a year, which is exactly what it sounds like spending a year, give or take, because I do miss some days, um, just plowing through the Bible and like really absorbing the word and like letting it wash over me. And so I feel like I'm in this place where like I'm in that restaurant and I'm still enjoying the food, but I can actually read the menu now. And I, I get what people are saying now. And so it just really elevates that experience. So that's the best analogy that I can come up with, but I feel like a lot of people can relate to that where you just know it feels good, but you don't really know why. Um, so reading the Bible has, as simple as it sounds, has been totally revolutionary for my walk with God, which has been kind of tumultuous over the course of life. Um, there's always been a presence, but it's definitely been not always very loud of a presence. And it's kind of been something that's been on the back burner. So turning to God when I need something or when I'm worried or when I'm anxious, and now I'm finding opportunities to allow God to just infiltrate more areas of my life. And so it's been a really, really powerful year doing something as simple as just reading the Bible. It's just been there the whole time, but I just didn't, it seemed almost too simple. So that's kind of where I am now. It's been a really great, great, great year. So many people I know can relate to that. And the statistics are that um, the Bible is more accessible than it's probably ever been. And we're really busy and it can be sometimes difficult to make time for. And then also it's not like a normal book. It's not just something you can pick up or read front to back. And so it definitely takes a little bit more concentration there. So there is a reason why I think deeper reasons why we miss it. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to share how much it's really enhanced your walk with the Lord and opportunities to praise him in between just like moments where we go to him. But that's great that you had the habit to go to him and suffering too, because some people, they tend to shy away from him during those times. And so how has being a believer in Christ influenced how you approach nutrition? And then is that probably why you shifted more in front to functional nutrition a little bit perhaps? 
Well, I mean, truth be told, I shifted to functional nutrition about 10 years ago um, through my own journey with autoimmunity and with Hashimoto's. So um, I know that God was playing a part in that, but I don't think I recognized it until now because in, you know, reading the Bible and like understanding how God works through stories and through people's hardships. And it's not always the good things that happen, but a lot of times the bad things that happen to people that really do shape who they are. And so I know now in hindsight that the things that I had gone through with my diagnosis and feeling the way that I did um, is, you know, God played a part in that, but I didn't recognize it at the time. So I shifted into functional nutrition, like I said, about 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and just felt like I had zero skill set on my own as a trained healthcare professional to know how to handle myself. And my doctors also didn't know what to do. It was kind of like, well, you know, you look healthy and you could take this medication. And so while I was happy to have some options, it just didn't feel right to only take a medication and not focus on me as a whole person, my mind and my body and my spirit and my emotions and all of those things. So it's taken time. I mean, over the course of 10 years, it didn't happen overnight, but the shift into functional nutrition really allowed me to appreciate treating myself and treating my patients holistically, holistically in the sense of a whole person approach. That when you have issues with your thyroid, with your immune system, with your hormones, that's your body's way of communicating with you. And so those are calls to action to really dig deep and not just dig deep in nourishing yourself physically with food, but also focusing on yourself emotionally and spiritually. And again, really looking at you as a whole person. So well said. And the Bible does speak a lot about nourishment in a way and resting and taking the time, the, the Sabbath rest. And so I appreciate that the more we dive into God's word, we can find application for even some of those parts in our health journey, especially how suffering, sickness, disease can be part of the sanctification walk and allow for us to have opportunities to connect with others and provide clarity, guidance, and potentially fill a need that was that was there. And the Lord knew that you were the one to fill it. And I feel you mentioned Sabbath and I feel like myself and several of the clientele that I work with are very much go-getters, control, type A, do everything myself. And so I feel like in reading, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible, getting closer to God, that it really provided this sense of peace that let me settle into rest and Sabbath and recovery and stillness and peace. And it was super uncomfortable at first, but now it's something that I'm like actively seeking out opportunities for that stillness and quiet because I feel like God really works in the little things in the quiet moments. And that was something that I was kind of blinded to for a really long time, getting caught up in the hustle culture of being a business owner and you know, social media and always feeling like you're behind. And so um, it's also prompted me to take a step back in um, a lot of areas, but I feel like in taking the step back, my life has become so much more enriched and fulfilling. Yes, you're not really missing out on much by taking a step back from something and filling that with being in the word and i'm learning in my biblical counseling they call it the circle of responsibility and so the lord makes it very clear in scripture there's certain things he requires of us and there's certain things that we are definitely responsible for but then there's a lot of things that are outside of our responsibility and are really outside of our influence and so that was really helpful for me to understand for my own sake and then when i'm counseling others to be able to help them say like, hey, is this within our own responsibility or is this outside of ourselves? Because then we need to give it to the Lord and find rest in that. And that is uncomfortable just the sake of being needy 
and knowing that we need someone else outside of ourselves is literally, I think, one of the core principles of being a Christian is, you know, submitting to the Lord, being humble and not being what the world demands that we need is self-sufficient. Not that, you know, in our first podcast episode, we talk about the Bible says a lot about setting goals and the Lord wants us to be productive, but he also has a lot to say about his goals for us. And it's not always about our own personal ambitions or happiness, but always about being sanctified and becoming more and more like Christ. And that's going to look different for all of us. So I really appreciate what you had to say. And so you mentioned a little bit about the thyroid. And I think the thyroid is really misunderstood and misrepresented a lot in health and how much it impacts our health and the root cause of so many things. And so would you mind telling us, you know, obviously, you know, one-on-one version of what the thyroid is and what the basic function is and how it impacts our health? Yeah. You know, I love talking about the thyroid and bringing it to the forefront of the conversation because I feel like issues with your thyroid and thyroid hormones are so common that they've become normalized. You know, like, oh, my aunt Sally has that and grandma had that and mom had that, you know, and so we can kind of become a little bit numb to the effects that having thyroid dysfunction can actually have on somebody's quality of life. And so I like to bring it to the forefront because a lot of times, because the thyroid hormones affect literally every cell in the body, it can have really, really wide ranging effects. And so I like to focus on that um, as a root cause approach, but dig deeper into, well, why is the thyroid in a state of dysfunction to begin with? And so I always like to start off with a very um, foundational kind of ground up approach to figure out, well, first and foremost, like what got somebody to this situation in the first place. And it's going to look a little bit different for everyone, but I really believe in empowerment through education and like truly understanding your body and how it functions so that you can make an educated decision on to, as to what um, changes need to be made in order to optimize your thyroid. So I like to use visuals a lot and I like to have clients and the students at my boot camp visualize a pyramid and at the top of the pyramid are going to be things like hormonal imbalance and thyroid dysfunction and you know weight issues and energy issues and those are the symptoms that we focus on and fixate on because it doesn't make us feel well but i really like to broaden the conversation and make sure that we're focusing on the foundational approaches to why your body is behaving the way that it is our bodies have been really intricately designed and they're so smart and they know what to do but when there's dysfunction it's happening for a reason it's not just for coincidence and so kind of peeling back the layers of the onion and really focusing on what could have gone wrong whether it was consciously or subconsciously to get to this situation. And so I take sort of a pyramid approach with nutritionally, of course, as a dietitian, focusing on things like your blood sugar balance, um, levels of inflammation, your um, stress or adrenals, your intestinal health and your nutrients. Those are the five pillars that I focus on. And then kind of the overarching there is your relationship um, with God and with Christ and your relationship with others as really kind of like the dirt that the pyramid is built on. So we can talk about foundation, but the foundation has to sit somewhere. So that's the approach that I take. And of course, it looks a little bit different for everybody. But I think that really optimizing those five areas really set somebody up for success for optimizing their thyroid status. So all five of those areas are impacted by the thyroid. I think that's not really well understood. So that's what I really appreciated about the thyroid boot camp you put together. It's so well done. I tell everybody I can about it. And then, of course, you offer one-on-one services, which can help kind of have a machete cut through some of the difficulties there to have someone guide you through it. Um, but if you're really self-motivated and already really familiar about some of these concepts, the boot camp is a great option for you. And definitely check out that information in the show notes. 
And so the thyroid is, you know, kingpin of the metabolism in a way. And I read a book on from Broda Barnes about, you know, he, he proposed a long time ago that it's low thyroid function could be the root of so many diseases. We can see lipid profile, you know, come back abnormal, and that could be due to thyroid dysregulation or the vitamin deficiencies, right? And so automatically the doctors might want to say, hey, let's put you on this medicine. And while that might be a good approach for someone who might not make any nutrition strategies changes, like my dad, then there's other people who are very motivated like me and you and a lot of other people who are really willing to do what it, do what they can to honor their vessel. And so that kind of comes into the circle of responsibility that the Lord has given us to honor our temple. But then sometimes there's things outside of our responsibility, like a diagnosis and a sickness. And we're going to have to submit to some of that and to find God's grace in that suffering. So I really appreciate how you find that balance there. And so what are some symptoms of thyroid dysfunction that often go unnoticed? Yeah. So <clears throat> the most prevalent symptoms are going to be issues with energy and brain fog. Some people will experience some weight gain or maybe just redistribution of weight. Um, hair thinning, hair loss, thinning of eyebrows, but some more unrecognized symptoms of hypothyroidism would be, um, or I, I should say another common one is feeling cold all the time. I don't know if I said that, but some other unrecognized ones would be for women having menstrual irregularities. And so that could be delayed ovulation, which can affect the regularity of their actual period. Um, heavy periods, iron deficiency, um, mineral imbalances, scalloped tongue, dry mouth. So it really does affect every area of your body. Um, and so many symptoms can be tied back to thyroid dysfunction. And what you mentioned is that it, it can definitely be this chicken or an egg situation. So did you know, nutritional status and stress create the thyroid dysfunction or did the thyroid dysfunction create this altered nutritional status and stress and bloating. So it really does um, often take a skilled practitioner um, to, again, peel back the layers to, to figure out what is the least common denominator here and how can we support your body as best as possible. And sometimes even with all the support in the world, there is still a need for medication. And so I, when I'm working with clients and just chatting with people in general who are dealing with thyroid dysfunction is taking away the stigma and the shame around medication because it really can, if it's needed, enhance the quality of life. Um, so I really like to encourage people to just, again, let go of the shame that um, it doesn't mean that you failed by any means. Our body is very, very resilient, but sometimes it does need a little bit of help. And thank goodness that we have options. Yes, I agree. And I'm one of those people that have benefited from taking thyroid support, like thyroid, uh, synthetic thyroid hormone, but I waited about two years before I did that. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the podcast. So I want to address the scalloped tongue. <laughs> I think that is something that goes highly unnoticed and can be um, misdiagnosed, or people might think it might be a food sensitivity or just stress, which could could be. Obviously, there's a lot of multifaceted elements when it comes to symptoms. I deal with scalloped tongue. There was a point in the very beginning of my thyroid healing journey that I had about 22 open sores all over my tongue and lips, and it was really swollen. It was so painful, and the doctors were just really clueless about it. They were sending me all over the place, and they told me it was herpes at one point. They put me on antivirals for like eight or nine months, and that didn't do anything. And I, and of course, then they accurately tested and said, oh, just kidding. That wasn't what that was. So that was a big relief to know that that wasn't what I had. And it was just very obnoxious going from doctor to doctor, not having answers and being in a lot of pain. And so I do appreciate that I'm so much better. I actually haven't had sores in my mouth for maybe a month and they come and go. 
But to know that it has to do with my thyroid function has been really, really helpful to know that there's supplements and things that I can do. So I really appreciate that we talked about, you know, feeling cold or your hair thinning or some of these kind of sneaky things about weight loss resistance or redistribution of the weight in certain areas. Where, where would that be perhaps? What I find is that many people who are dealing with thyroid dysfunction are simultaneously dealing with either high amounts of stress. And so those high stress hormones are definitely going to lead to more like midsection weight retention and or people with thyroid dysfunction are dealing with a degree of insulin resistance, which also can contribute to more abdominal weight gain and more weight gain like in their back area. Um, so there's not one specific area that you can correlate, okay, thyroid dysfunction leads to weight gain here. It's more so, okay, there's some thyroid dysfunction. What else is going on with the other hormones like insulin and cortisol and adrenaline and things like that? So again, there's a little bit of a deeper conversation there, but I think it is really helpful. And maybe this is just me and I'm projecting, but I feel like when you can explain things, it doesn't make the thing go away, but it just makes it a little bit easier to accept and also create a plan of action because you know exactly what you're dealing with. And when you know what you're dealing with, it just allows you to create a game plan. I absolutely agree. I think awareness is the beginning of any behavior change. And then compassion can come along with that. You're like, oh, wow. So, and then we can remove that self-critical voice. And a lot of women I know struggle with toxic shame and that self-critical voice and that has a lot to do with nervous system healing, which we talked a little bit about with Megan Taylor and her nervous system healing course and self-talk. And so yes, awareness, education, you don't really know what needs to be improved until you have that information. And then you can set up a path to go there. And that's why I cannot stress enough how important it is to work with a skilled practitioner who can test and not guess. And that is something that I will always say and scream it from the mountaintops. So something else that I think goes unnoticed is thyroid function impacting fertility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So if you think about your body, as you said, as a vessel, it, we don't work in a vacuum. Our brain doesn't work by itself and our heart doesn't work by itself. It's constantly communicating. So our body is basically a big bag of electricity, that, like a big telephone. And so your brain and your thyroid and your ovaries and your adrenals, and there are some other glands in there, but those are the, the heavy hitters when it comes to the HPAOT axis, which is an acronym for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal ovary thyroid um, axis. So it's a communication axis. So when your thyroid is off, if you think about that axis sort of like a table, um, and each one of those areas is a leg of a table, if one of those areas is off, so let's say that your thyroid is off, think of that like having a wobbly leg. It makes the whole table a bit wobbly. Um, and so thyroid dysfunction can impact your ovaries and your ovaries, when you, you know, ovulate, you either will have a period afterward or you might get pregnant if you've had intercourse during ovulation. And so your thyroid being off can definitely affect ovulation. And that's where the interplay with fertility comes into hand. So recognizing that of that axis, the HPAOT axis, the thyroid is one piece of the puzzle. And so we can do all of the things targeted toward thyroid, but if we're ignoring the brain and the adrenals and really not focusing on that nervous system regulation aspect of things, um, we're really doing our bodies and ourselves a disservice. So it really does take a big picture approach um, to optimizing fertility. Yes, and also not only just getting pregnant, but then keeping a healthy pregnancy. And so mm -hmm. I've seen that thyroid function and miscarriages um, are something to also be discussed. So again, a strong thyroid is important for a nice, long, healthy pregnancy mm -hmm. and how much uh, strain the thyroid goes through 
during mm-hmm. pregnancy. It's like a marathon for the thyroid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we could talk maybe about that at another time, but I loved that you mentioned kind of where we could really be missing the mark sometimes in some of these approaches. Typically, if we get the awareness that we know something needs to change, often what we do can complicate matters further. And that's why we want to have a professional help with that. And so what are some of those common trends? Common trends that I see when I'm working with clientele or just communicating with people through social media is that there's this focus, almost a hyper fixation on just focusing on the thyroid. So it's thyroid supplements and thyroid diets and autoimmune paleo and all of these things that are sort of putting up the blinders and just looking at the thyroid. But as we've discussed, the thyroid is part of a big communication aspect. So we do have to take kind of a step back and see what are the other areas um, in this communication pathway that might be needing a little bit more nourishment? You know, your hormones are messengers that respond to deeper communication lines inside the body. So your thyroid dysfunction might be mostly rooted in blood sugar imbalances, or it might be mostly rooted in high amounts of stress hormones, or maybe low amounts of stress hormones. So Again, taking a very personalized approach to figure out how do we support your body so that your thyroid functions optimally. When I'm working with clientele and, and educating through boot camp, one of my, my favorite topics to talk about is the thyroid hormone journey. Because when it comes to your thyroid hormone status, a lot of times there's this hyperfixation on just the production of thyroid hormone, which is a, you know, a big reason why people would be experiencing hypothyroidism. But again, realizing that it's a communication access inside the body, the production is one piece of the puzzle. The other pieces of the puzzle is your brain actually signaling to the thyroid. So your thyroid could be totally firing on all cylinders, but if it doesn't get the signal from the brain for a variety of reasons, maybe it's because of high amounts of stress, then the thyroid's not going to produce the hormones. So that's signaling. The production is the actual output of thyroid hormones. So sometimes people will have a nutritional deficiency. Sometimes the thyroid is damaged because of autoimmune disease. Um, And so again, if it's a production issue, then we focus on that area a little bit more. Then the thyroid hormones have to be converted. And so that conversion requires nutrients. It's impaired by inflammation and stress. And it's really impacted by liver health and gut health. Next is the actual absorption of the thyroid hormone into the cell. And that can be impaired by things like inflammation and blood sugar and nutrients. And then the actual utilization. So are your cells, you know, is everything hunky-dory on that entire path that your cells just don't have the gas in the tank to actually utilize thyroid hormone and give you energy? So I think it could be kind of overwhelming to know that there are so many steps in the process, but I like to flip the switch and say, well, actually, no, it gives us so many opportunities to enhance that entire process. And I found that, you know, not all the time, but many times by optimizing each um, area of that process that people can either um, eventually go off of medication, decrease their dosing or stay on the dosing, but actually feel better from the medication that they're taking. And I love that. And that's what working with you has really helped me. I feel better in my clothes. I have a lot more energy. I've gotten my brain back. I'm able to read and process information and write content. And I was really struggling with that. And I missed that. And I knew that all those are gifts from the Lord that are on loan and that I don't need to base my identity in that. But I still am very grateful that I got my brain back. And I appreciate um, that insight. And I really struggled a lot That might be what we hear perhaps when clients say, my labs came back normal, but I feel not normal. And so that could be some of that hormone journey you were saying, perhaps they have normal labs, but maybe it's not getting properly in the cell. So it would come back normal, but it's not being properly uptick into the cell. I struggled with that. 
I've heard it's called cellular hypothyroidism, where you might have plenty of active T3 hormone, but it's not able to get into the cell. Perhaps you have a lot of reverse T3, mm -hmm. and that's the doppelganger, I was told, that, park, <laughs> that parks outside of the cell and kind of takes the parking spot of T3. So your cell can't take T3 because reverse T3 is there. And a lot of doctors won't even pull or the panel of T3. And that's why when I worked with you and I did the labs through the service you do, we were able to get a lot of really helpful labs. So I'd love if you would, now this is like, again, where we could talk a lot about and for the whole interview about the difference between normal and optimal lab ranges and how you've educated so many people just through your free content. And then in particular through the courses you provide, what does that mean? And how can people maybe be able to ask their doctor, Hey, can, how do I, Ask my doctor for more than just T TSH or more than just TSH, T3, T4, perhaps. Absolutely. I feel like there are very few things that are worse than feeling a certain way. And, you know, we all live in our own bodies and we know when we don't feel well, but getting labs back and having a provider tell you like, hey, you're good. See ya is so frustrating and it can just, you know, make you feel a little bit hopeless. And so you know, I, I consider myself an optimist, but not um, an unrealistic optimist. And so I really like to help people understand what's going on biochemically. If your body is feeling a certain way, it's for a reason. Your body doesn't just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to make her feel horrible. It's happening for a reason. So first and foremost, listening to yourself and trusting yourself that if you're feeling off, then things are probably off. Next would be educating on what is considered normal and what is considered optimal because lab ranges can be pretty darn big. So for example, if you look at vitamin D, the range is 30 to 100. That's a really big range. So with thyroid hormones, same thing, there are big ranges. And so I like to help people understand how do we get to a more optimal place with um, your labs? And very, very simply put, a lot of times it's more being toward the middle as opposed to the ends of the ranges. And I'm very much simplifying that. But um, teaching them um, how to be lab detectives and how to be confident navigating conversations with doctors, not being afraid to ask questions and advocate for yourself. And if there's still some resistance from the provider, nowadays we have so many direct-to-consumer lab options that if that's just not an option to get through your provider, there are things that you can order on yourself. And so I feel like there should not be any gatekeeping to getting information on your body because it's your body and you deserve to know how to make it feel as best as possible. Now, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And so I really feel like the provider that you work with and the information that you're gathering uh, needs to be from vetted sources and research backed and all of that. But to answer your question about the labs, I think just kind of understanding what the different values mean, getting yourself to an optimal place, which um, again, simply put is just not being on the edges of the normal lab range. Um, and then understanding what the labs actually mean. And that just does require some, some education. So I'm proud that I've created something that has kind of sifted through the research and sifted through years and years of having, having to learn it and kind of packaged it in a more tangible and digestible way to empower people to understand the ways that their body is communicating with them. I cannot stress enough this thyroid boot camp is how helpful it's been. And like I've mentioned, I've been on a thyroid healing journey for three years. And I just recently started working with you towards the tail end of that. And I wish I, okay, I can't woulda, shoulda, coulda. But wow, if I had gotten that course on the front end, it would have, again, cut so much out of my own research. And again, I don't have a problem reading research. And a lot of people can't even sift through some of the stuff like you and I might have an easier time doing. So that 
is a wonderful resource for everyone to check out. And sometimes it's on a waiting list. So will you launch that for the new year? I am planning on launching in 2024. I don't have any dates pinned down as of right now, but I really do love and appreciate education. And, you know, a lot of times I, I find that people are at different points in their healing journey. So they might be at the point where they just like really like the information, but they're lacking it. Um, or they're kind of just in the phase of like, okay, I have the information, but how do I like actually implement the information? Or maybe they're at the stage of like, I have the information and I'm like gung ho to implement, but like I also needed a little bit more personalized. So everybody is at a little bit of a different point. And so I think just doing evaluation to kind of see where do you need support the most? Um, and so boot camp is a really great opportunity to get the information, the accountability, because um, it's a group program, the accountability of having other people who are walking a journey with you. I think there's such value in community and, and connecting with other people and hearing other people's stories. Like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I feel like God works through people's stories. Um, and so that connection is like a really critical um, component of that. Or if I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients, it's the connection together where we're like journeying together to dissect your story and really understand it and how that's impacted your body. Yeah. And it's really helpful, the one-on-one -on -one support, because once in a while, even if you've had a couple good months, then your symptoms have been receding and you're, wow. And then for our journey, one together, I had a blip where I had a rough month. My cycle was looking and you really helped me keep in mind the bird's eye view. We're just tracking trends and patterns so that one-on-one -on -one support can be really helpful too. And also group support, just helping you stay focused and not losing your cool. If sometimes you have a rough month or you have some symptoms kind of flare back up, knowing that you're still on the journey and that you have so much support on those kind of scary moments is really, really helpful for a lot of us who struggle with anxiety. Would you mind briefly touching on, you You just recently put out a post about the anxiety in thyroid? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's um, a really, really deep, complex topic. And it's another one of those chicken or an egg situations, again, because, you know, feeling feelings of anxiety, dealing with anxiety can definitely impact your thyroid, but your thyroid in turn can impact levels of um, anxiety. So there's a lot to be said about that, but there are literature studies that show that people with hypothyroidism and thyroid dysfunction tend to deal with anxiety more than the average person. And so I think just knowing that to me is a little bit comforting and allows me to approach myself with a bit more compassion, not feeling like I'm broken, but more just like understanding what's going on in inside my body as opposed to being frustrated. So the studies show, again, uh, people with thyroid dysfunction have more tendency toward um, OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder um, and anxiety as well as depression. So the brain uses thyroid hormones differently than the rest of our body. So that could be um, a big explanation as to why our labs can look normal, but we might feel sort of, you know, anxious and nervous and kind of high strung mentally, but our body feels a bit slowed down. And it has to do a lot with the way that our brain takes up hormones as opposed to the rest of our body. And thyroid hormones play a big role in the creation of what are called neurotransmitters, the creation and the regulation of neurotransmitters. So things like serotonin and dopamine, which are our feel good, happy hormones. So realizing that OCD and depression and anxiety and mental health disorders are very multifaceted, but the thyroid is a piece of the puzzle. And in order to have a complete puzzle, you have to have all the pieces. So I think that it's really important to recognize how pivotal thyroid health and thyroid hormone status is when it comes to mental health. I really do appreciate that. And I think it's really helpful. So I will link that post in the show notes if you guys want to read a little bit more about that. 
And so you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation about your pillar method and these five elements that you're going to want to touch on when you're walking clients through, whether one-on-one or in the boot camp. And I wanted to circle back around about that. You call it the brain method. And I think this sets you apart than a lot of other practitioners. Also, the fact that you're a Christian walking with the Lord, that's few and far between. Typically, people are just praying to the universe. So I do appreciate that a lot. And, but can you tell me a little bit more about that, the brain method and, and, and how you really noticed incorporating the hair mineral analysis? I think it all goes hand in hand, like why that's been so transformative for helping people. And again, it helped you know, yourself in your own journey. And that's why you've been sharing it with others. Absolutely. So I think over the course of my time in school to be a dietitian and being a dietitian, you know, I'm kind of an old dog around here. Um, but I've been practicing dietetics for over a decade. And so when you are encountering patients and just in practice, you start to notice trends. And so I began to notice where people, my clientele, um, were needing higher levels of support. And, you know, blood sugar regulation, a lot of times we think about um, is reserved for people who have insulin resistance or diabetes, but it's not just for people navigating that, it's for every person. The regulation of your blood sugar or blood glucose is what helps to send the message of safety to the body. And at the end of the day, our body is designed to make sure that we're safe and secure. And so if that is dysregulated, it's sort of, again, that's a foundational piece. It sort of rocks the boat um, for all of the other downstream areas. And so balancing out the blood sugar by making sure that you have all of the food groups or ideally all of the food groups present on your plate. So do you have carbs and veggies and fats and proteins and do you have them in the proper proportion? And then also just enough of a portion for your body. And we all have different body sizes. So we all require different amounts of foods. And especially as women, we are all kind of, you know, navigating ebbs and flows of life. And so there are going to be days where we need a little more food and a little bit less food. And so I really try to work with my clients and just my audience in general to become more in tune and compassionate with their body and understand um, the communication that our body is giving us. If we have more hunger cues or fewer hunger cues, how we can um, adjust to that. Um, so that's the B is the blood sugar balance, the B and brain method. Next is the regulating of inflammation. So, you know, because hypothyroidism in 90% of the cases is rooted in autoimmunity called Hashimoto's, autoimmunity is an inflammatory disease process. And so I really like to focus on inflammation management because when you have a hyperactive immune system response, you are just going to be more prone to inflammation. And that really goes hand in hand, not just in inflammation and feeling pain, but with brain fog. So inflammation is one of the biggest leading causes of brain fog, second to blood sugar imbalances. Um, next is adrenal health. And so adrenals are the stress hormone center. Realizing that stress is going to be one of the biggest influences also to thyroid hormone status. I think a lot of times, because many, many people that I work with are similar to me, type A, control freak, and you know I'm trying to be a um, reformed control freak. Um, I think a lot of times there's a almost blinders put up to the amount of stress that we're either consciously or subconsciously um, putting ourselves through. And so recognizing that, and that has been where HTMA testing has been really, really helpful in practice is allowing people to see objectively how stressed their body is. So um, with adrenal health, it's not just about taking ashwagandha and doing cold plunges. There's so much more there. So I break it down into like behaviors and lifestyle and diet support and as needed supplemental support. Next is intestinal health. That's the eye and brain. I'm realizing that your gut, um, you know, digests foods, absorbs nutrients, converts thyroid hormones. It does so many things, but it also has a really big impact on our mood. And then lastly is nutrient repletion. 
So every person has a different diet, has different demands, has different levels of absorption, different genetics. And so their need for supplementation is going to be very, very specific to them and their situation. So that's where I get the pyramid approach. And then I like to say like, you know, you don't just throw bricks and stack them and have a secure house. You have to have mortar in there. And so to me, the mortar is, is God and having a spiritual practice. And so that's what kind of keeps all of those things together. I love that so much. And at the time of this recording, we have launched the 365 Easy Challenge. And you guys have seen elements of those challenge will include things that we have learned from Chew Food Wisely on Instagram, which involves adding two colors to your plate is trying to eat some of the rainbows and really simple stuff. Uh, I remember in our one-on-one work, my husband was home and listening to you tell me to eat rainbows two per meal. And he looked, he's like, I have a degree in dietetics. He's like, uh, isn't that so elementary for you? And I laughed at him and I said, babe, 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 <laughs> I want you to start paying attention to how many rainbows we're eating in our meals. And he was like, whoa, two, you know, and it was just really funny because while sometimes it, it can sound so basic, mastering the basics are really more difficult than we give them credit to. So I really appreciate that. And that's what the 365 Easy Challenge was all about. It's just, you know, and so much of it was rooting in gratitude and how much that even as Christians, we know that gratitude is a biblical virtue, but in general, we see so much evidence that mental health and physical health are very closely correlated and that spiritual health is a big aspect of that. So I really appreciate that you threw in that the Lord is the mortar and he is our glue and he never forsakes us and he is always with us. And those are really, really, really helpful. Uh, the last thing I want to ask is something that I didn't prepare you for. So I know, I, but I, I have a feeling you can roll with it. You mentioned something about glucose and glucose being very important for helping people feel safe or like the nervous system feels safe. Would you mind hitting on a little bit more of that? So glucose means carbs and sugar, but sometimes I'm told that carbs and sugar aren't good for me and that I should probably maybe eat less of them or avoid them or do keto. So how does that not really support thyroid health or nervous system health? Absolutely. I love having this conversation because you asked about trends and I feel like one of the biggest trends and maybe not a trend, but just kind of a knee jerk reaction when I'm working with clientele, especially if they're feeling uncomfortable in their clothes, or maybe they have a comorbidity like PCOS is, well, what I'm doing is not working. So I need to try harder. I need to eat less. I need to cut out my carbohydrates. And that can actually have a reverse reaction in the body that you would expect it to have. So there's a difference between you know, surviving and thriving. And when we have glucose in circulation, our body gets the message of thriving, that food is abundant. And so when food is abundant, our body kind of transitions from this fight or flight freeze mode into rest and digest and reproduce and metabolize. And so, you know, we're, we're modern day humans now, but we're still very, very primitive in our design. And so we may know that our stress is due to traffic or finances or social media, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, the stress hormones that we're getting, whether it's from a tiger or from social media is a stress hormone. And so glucose is so important that we actually have a safety net when glucose or sugar that we get from carbohydrates, when resources are low. Um, and that comes in the form of glucocorticoids like cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And so when we're over relying on stress hormones, sure, we get glucose in the circulation, but the messaging is totally different. So we get glucose, but it's either from a fed state, which is you know sending that message of safety, or, or it's from a stress hormone response. 
Now, the argument when it comes to keto, um, there are some applications where it can be very, very helpful. I would say for a keto diet, it would be something that would be more of a short term. And this is my clinical uh, preference, a shorter term approach. But just like with anything, too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So long periods of keto or on the flip side of the coin, you know, carbohydrates, good quality carbohydrates are necessary in my opinion and we need them but again too much of a good thing is not a good thing just like you can have too much water you can eat too many vegetables you can eat too much protein so i think that implementing some just you know radical responsibility and understanding of moderation when it comes to the consumption of carbohydrates so I am team inclusion of carbohydrates, but doing it in a way that um, works with your body. And a lot of times our body just really appreciates moderation and balance. And it seems elementary, just like the eating two or more colors on your plate. But when we overcomplicate things, it makes it really unrealistic to stick to. And when it comes to nutritional strategies and nutritional therapies, you know, one day of eating well is not going to totally transform your life. It takes days and days and days and those days compound. And so in order to stick to that, it has to be something that's realistic and sustainable and flexible because whatever doesn't bend will break. So well said. And I really appreciate so much about what you teach on your page or in your courses, because keeping it simple is how we keep it sustainable. And that is the secret sauce to really making any change. And what comes to mind is nervous system dysregulation. Megan Taylor from the course, she says that it first came when we fell. When we fell from the garden, that's when we first started feeling shame or any of that. And that, so it wasn't really part of God's original design. And I appreciated that aspect and how Jesus came down here on earth and he experienced suffering, anxiety to the point where in the Gospel of Luke, we read that he sweat blood. And that is a response of being extremely anxious the night before he was crucified. So know that even our Lord Jesus felt anxious and that that's just part of the human condition is important to understand, but then also to know that there's things we can do, support our thyroid, or there's other elements of our body that could be contributing to more anxiety, that we could support ourselves that are in our circle or area of responsibility that we can take care of ourselves. And when it comes to putting off what the Bible teaches us to stop doing, like malice or grumbling or complaining, and the Bible tells us to put on kindness, tenderheartedness, and patience. I find that very difficult to do if you have low blood sugar. Mm -hmm. I find that very difficult to do if you're struggling with brain fog yeah. and you feel, feel like crap. And so I think when I'm studying biblical counseling and I'm trying to help people, you know, do the put off, put on method that we learn in Ephesians or we learn about the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the flesh. And I think sometimes we can get really concerned, like, oh my gosh, my fruits, I'm not producing good fruits. I'm a bad Christian. Am I really saved? We can get really um, not understand the doctrine of sanctification is, uh, I think, something that I've been working through and knowing that we're all on our own journey and it's going to be up and down. And then also understanding, well, if I'm depleted in calcium, if I'm depleted in magnesium and these two minerals help create more of a sedative environment, then maybe that's why I'm also feeling more anxious. And that could be something that I can do within my own responsibilities to improve that. And then you also spoke of, you know, carbohydrates and the ability to tolerate them or moderation. You know, the Bible speaks of bread, the Bible speaks of milk and honey, and all of those foods have carbohydrates in them. And when it comes to the Levitical laws that he gave to Moses, that involved eating red meat. And so when we look at the, what the biblical worldview of nutrition is, it is much different than some of the messages that we get out from the world. 
And that doesn't mean we can't learn from what the world is teaching and showing, but we always want to make sure that we're rooted in God's word. And that's how we started off today's conversation was being in the word and how that can influence how we look at everything. So to close today's conversation, just for funsies, would you mind answering to me, what does the word nourishment mean to you? Well, I think nourishment initially brings up thoughts of food and nutrient density and vegetables and color, which it is that. But I think it's also just pouring into your body physically and emotionally and spiritually so that you have the building blocks to function in the most optimal place possible. And without nourishment, it's impossible to live up to the potential that God designed you for. So for me, nourishment is this combination of like physical and spiritual health combining to just really build up your body and give you the full fuel, excuse me, that you need to achieve your best self. Yeah, Jesus told us that, right? That he's the, the bread of life, correct? I appreciate that so much. So thank you so much for joining us today. And guys, if you've got more questions, please find her on Instagram or an email. What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, yeah. So I would say um, email is great. Um, social media, um, sending me a message or just going to my website. That's all we have for you today, folks. Thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed the podcast over the last couple of weeks and you haven't left a review, please do so. Or tag me on your stories. Find me on Instagram. Remember, one of my intentions was to create an opportunity for fellowship. So I love to hear from you. That means so much to me. Thanks again. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And may the peace and grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Mm-hmm.